0: And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper.
1: Have you ever been bowl fishing? If you haven't, you're missing out. It's a great sport all over the United States. But right here in central Missouri, we've got Brian Wilson from Jerome, Missouri. He has Stainwater Bow Fishing, and he's been at it for decades. Brian, I tell you what, if, if there's a night that goes by and you're not out on the water, I almost think there's something wrong because you're out there with people. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, man. I see pictures on your Facebook and Instagram all the time of you and your uh, clients with great big carp and... And Gar and Buffalo, uh, and I've been out with you a few times. I know what a grand time it is out there. But Brian, just to give people a little bit of your history. How long you been bow fishing? Um, right at twenty years. That's a pretty long time. You've seen a lot of fish <laughs> uh, come in now the boat, I guess, over those years. But uh, how long you been doing? Oh yeah, it? yeah. How long you been doing it as a business? Well, uh, this will be our fourth season. Fourth season. I actually thought you'd been doing it longer than that, but I know what happened. You're having so much fun with your friends and buddies and, you know, friends invite friends, and you start getting a lot of people wanting to go in the in the boat. And then probably the lights come on, and you thought, hey, I, I could make some money doing this probably. And uh, I, know, <laughs> yep. I know it's been yep. a good business for you. Must be a good business for you because you run an awful big, fancy boat, got the latest and greatest equipment, and uh, you guys put a hurting on them when you go out. <laughs>
2: yeah, the best part about it is the people. You get to meet, put a lot of miles on, but you get to meet people from everywhere.
1: I'm sure you do, and you've done a little bit of uh, competition uh, uh, tournaments as well, haven't you?
2: No, yes, sir. We've shot tournaments down in Florida and, of course, Missouri, Kansas.
1: Well, I know yeah. you guys put on some miles. I have even seen a picture or two with some alligators in, in, in the boat. Are you shooting those things with bow equipment, too?
2: Oh, no, yeah, without a doubt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, biggest one to date so far is 11-6.
1: That's a pretty good size alligator. Uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, he, he was all right. He was all right? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, 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 well, what do
2: you consider a good one? <laughs> well, you get up around that 14 foot, you've really done something.
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, that sounds like a big critter to be shooting with a with a bow and arrow. I, I hope you're shooting them more than once. <laughs> yeah. uh, that sounds like a team sport to me. <laughs> but back yeah, then, yeah, right, right here in the South Central Missouri uh, area, though Brian. What areas do you service? What rivers and lakes?
2: Uh, basically, we cover everything from Bull Shoals, Taney Como, Lake of the Ozarks, Stockton, Truman Lake. We cover the Osage River. Uh, Basically anywhere you can think of, we cover.
1: Yeah, it sound, sounds like it. And I've been on a couple of these locations with you, particularly on the Gasconade and I think up on the Osage one time. And boy, it's just mesmerizing out there at night when you get on that boat. And of course, you guys have got the latest and greatest lights. You can see so well. But it's always just amazed me at night, you know, the quantity of fish you see. I mean, if, if it's a good night, man, you're just seeing fish constantly. And the, I think the biggest problem a boat fisherman has is deciding which to shoot at first <laughs> yeah yeah most nights <laughs> yeah <laughs> well do you do you get a lot of first timers coming you know wanting to go bow fishing with you there's a lot of new people coming into the sport.
2: Not, yeah 90 of them are first timers a lot of them have never even held a bow even really and uh, they They figure out real quick that—and usually, to be honest with you, the people that's never even shot a bow are the ones that pick up on it the fastest.
1: Well, now now that's not surprising to me because I'm an ex-military man, and the military always— preferred to have people to train as soldiers that never had a weapon in their hand because they said all all those hillbilly boys and everything farm boys that come off we we all wanted to be john wayne you know and we all knew how to do it and we didn't need any instruction <laughs> so they, oh yeah so they they wanted just wanted you to throw everything out the wind and kind of start all over in fact you're gonna laugh at this one i was i was actually a bb gun instructor in in the military for about two hours uh we were uh, of course, get ready, to go up to Vietnam. This was kind of the start. And, uh, they issued us all a BB gun. I thought, man, what's this all about? And it was for close combat training. But they set out in front of each one of us a tube of four, about three foot long. And it had ten little ten men on them, made out of metal. And the objective was to knock those ten little men down as fast as you could. You know, and it was about ten feet from you. Of course, I grew up with a BB gun. I knocked my ten men down in ten shots, and the. <laughs> uh, old, old, old Sergeant walked up And he said You grew up with a BB gun son I said yes I did He said well you're an instructor <laughs> So, so, so uh, you think I'd ever put that on my resume I was a BB gun instructor In the military for two hours <laughs> BB gun extraordinaire <laughs> You, you betcha But I see you guys doing the same thing With old bows I, uh, It's just been incredible A few times I've been on a boat with you You and your your buddies for sure Are pretty accurate shots Now how, how in the world Do you go about teaching a brand new New person putting a bow in their hand for the first time and teach them how to shoot, you know, carpet or jumping out of the water or racing through the water. Uh, what do you tell them?
2: The biggest thing we tell them to start out is calm down. Oh, I bet. There's nothing <laughs> to worry about. Yeah, just settle down. First of all, we're out here just to have fun, you know, and then whenever they pull back, we you just basically tell them when you pull back, you look down that air, put it underneath them. Uh, and then the first couple of shots, they figure out if they need to pull deeper or not as deep, and and usually they catch on pretty quick.
1: Uh, okay, how long does it generally take the the new person to get to where? Because I know how I would be. You pull that bow back, and and you know you're you're just trying to aim and aim and aim, and you're taking too long. It's it's kind of like shooting a shotgun in an instinctive shooting.
2: Yes, yeah, just just like an old recurve. You're, everything we use is compound bows for our guide trips, and then but other than that, it's just like shooting an old recurve. You know, you're just looking down that arrow.
1: You, you betcha, so, you bet. Well, I got to ask you this. I'm not trying to start a war here, but who, you, particularly of the newbies, who does better, the men or the women?
2: Oh, goodness. To be <laughs>
1: honest with you, the, the women. I figured the women, that. I figured that. The
2: men feel like they got something to prove, you know, especially the ones that fish and hunt a lot. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they think they got something to prove, and the women, they're just there to be there, half of them.
1: Well, they listen to instructions well. better, too. <laughs> I found <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I, I found that out in the military. Yeah, we got... Outshot by a lot of women, they're newbies, and they they, oh, yeah. listen, they listened and and just followed everything to a T, you know. And us guys, we kind of have our own ways yeah. of doing things, and and it it hurts us in, in the long run. Well, man, I I gotta ask you, uh, Brian. You know, on some of the shows, we talk about cooking sometimes, and talk about a lot of wild things that we eat. But I see you guys uh, occasionally. You've cooked up gar. Now, what's gar really taste like in in comparison to other fish species like catfish, you know everybody has eaten catfish and knows how they taste. How does a gar taste in comparison to a catfish?
2: There is literally no fish taste to it. It's like a it's just like a real flaky white meat. But there is honestly 100% no fish taste to it at all.
1: Really? Now I had some
2: I'm not a I'm not a big fish eater. I'm not a oh, big you're... fish eater and I love it. I wow. love gar.
1: Wow, it's been decades since I've had any, but I remember it being just a, a white flesh as well. Well, what about the uh, Asian carp? You know, Americans are just not attuned to eating uh, carp, but there's a huge project going on now. Dr. Mark Morgan from the University of Missouri at Columbia, I had him on just a few weeks ago. He's got an international program going on, got scientists and from all over the world and he is studying uh, uh ways of how they can collect these asian carp you know by the tons and tons and tons and reduce them down to just almost pulverized and then they vacuum seal it where it doesn't have to be uh refrigerated and they're hoping to feed the hungry people of the world with this uh, pretty big Pretty big uh, undertaking, you know, but I think he's going to make some heavy inroads here in the next few years. But for Joe Blow menu that are out there, and we take an Asian carp if if we want to eat it, what what do we do with it?
2: I know some guys that love them, and the way they cook them is they bake them, bake them. Bake them, put some lemon juice on them when they're done. Mm -hmm. And when you bake them, you can pull their whole skeletal deal out of them at one time. Wow. And then you're left with nothing but the meat. Uh, And the meat just pulls right off the skin.
1: Yeah, I kind of do that with trout sometimes but actually one time years ago I was up on Missouri River by myself actually looking for Asian carp the first time and boy did I ever find them I went in behind an island where the water was pretty green and those fish started coming out of the boat the first one came come out of the water about a 20 pounder hit me in the jaw I thought it broke my jaw I was trying to film so I gave up on that real quick and I got 28 big fish in the boat in about 45 seconds but I, I kept some of them <laughs> yeah I mean I got pounded man and uh, well I wasn't a 30-pounder, went down in the hole in the back and broke my bilge pump. I mean, they got that big bony head, you know, the big head carp. But I did keep some mm-hmm. of them and made catfish bait. And I also took – I just cut that backstrap out of them just like you cut a backstrap out of a deer. And, man, it was pure white, not a bone in it. And I cubed it up in about half-inch squares and browned it in a skillet. And I had made, uh, made up a soup kind of like a potato soup, you know, and then put that browned uh, – Um, Asian carp in it And I'm telling you what it was top-notch i I can't believe americans don't eat more of these things and it'll be a hard try to get it turned around where americans will really begin to eat them but the guys that do man we've got practically a unlimited food source out there so do you guys get after them with the exactly you guys get after them with the boats or just take what jumps in the boat
2: (laughs) no we we like shooting them out of the air that's we get a lot of people that book them they're wanting to book they call them the flying fish
1: oh yeah yeah
2: uh, they want to shoot them. Well, then, you know, we tell them to try and hold off shooting them in the water because they come right up. They follow your boat with your lights. Right. We'll right. Have them, then you'll have them just bust out of the water 100 miles an hour into the air. <laughs> and I always tell them, if, if you wait until they're in the air, it's going to be like peasant shooting or trap shooting. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
1: Oh, it really is. I've been on you, a
2: couple of those trips. 35 or 40 of them. You have 35 or 40 of them in the boat at the same time you're trying to re-knock your arrow. and <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Those things are slimy, too, aren't they? Of course, I know you got a rough— Oh, yeah,
2: they make a mess.
1: Oh, they do. I know you got a rough coat on the bottom of your boat. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to— to stand up but what great fun man and i see this just continuing develop in, in the future because and it's just quite an experience to be out there and see that many fish big fish coming out of the water all at once if you've never experienced that man you need to give it a try the whole bow fishing realm and of course you guys get out on the rivers i know in the summertime too and you get a few bugs in your teeth but you get after a, a carp and buffalo as well but what's the most common species that you guys both fish for uh buffalo and gar buffalo and gar i'll be darned yep well the buffalo get pretty good size too don't they
2: yeah we kill a lot of them in the spawn you know 50 to 70 pounds wow uh, yeah and a lot of people the best way to eat a buffalo as soon as they hit the boat, if you want to eat their ribs, their their ribs have the most meat. Yeah. As soon as they hit the boat, you know, cut the ribs out of them in a big slab. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and then you take them room, home, wash them off, and smoke them.
1: Smoke them. Smoke buffalo, buffalo ribs, man. Smoker.
2: Yep. Sound like, yep, and that old big bone will just pull right
1: out of them. Yeah, my my dad. We used to gig them when I was a kid down in uh, Mississippi County, Missouri, in the extreme southeast Missouri. And my dad, boy, he'd work and work on those things with a big old butcher knife, and uh, he'd get big ribs. And of course, we deep fried them. We deep fried all of our, our fish, but smoke does sound pretty good. Yeah, man. Well, man, I tell you what. <laughs> hey, now, how many? Now, be honest with me. I know you spend a lot of time out there. How many days or nights out of the year do you do this? Go out boat fishing.
2: Um, we run seven days a week, every day of the year. But we try not to work Christmas. I've been, been informed I can't do that. <laughs> but anytime anybody wants to go, well, you we just, go. You, you just know, need
1: uh, you just need to take Santa Claus, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. We were still running Crips and Denver on the Osage River because from November on to January, even February. The Osage River is the best place in the world to be for grass, carp, and buffalo. Man, and oh, man. Drums, some of the best drum you ever seen in your life will be on there.
1: Man, what a trip, what a job. Well, Brian, we're down to the end of the show here, man. Uh, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and book a trip. And, hey, they better book ahead of time because if, if you're thinking you're going to call today and go tomorrow, it's probably not going to happen. So how they get a hold of you, Brian?
2: Our phone number is 573 263 8016. We also have a Facebook, Stained Water bow fishing, of course. Uh, we got a website. Same thing, just type in com, And then we've also started TikTok videos. Oh. Uh, you can log on to TikTok and type in Stained, wa- have stained Water and it'll pull all of our videos up. We've been posting
1: to that. Yeah, that'd be a great thing for people to do. They get a little bit of an idea of what they're going to be in for. Pure fun. That's all it is. All right. Well, Brian, man, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, and you can believe that Brian Wilson is living the dream. I'm Bill Cooper, and this has been the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast.
0: The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA. Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.